Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all the way if you keep on the sunny side of life. Hey, everybody. I hope you're having a great summer. You know, in the middle of all the stuff going on with families and uh, events and holidays, it's easy for people to, uh, and with all these relationships, it's easy for people to, in the middle of it, feel hurt or sometimes disappointed or left out, deeply wounded in some way. And this is why it's so essential if you're going to be a follower of Jesus that you learn how to begin right now practicing forgiveness. And this is why the daily prayer, all of us really, uh, Jesus instructed us, have to start as in part with learning how to pray to forgive others. Like he tells us in Matthew 6, 12, he says, and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And then he explains later that um, how important it is for if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their transgressions your father will not forgive you as a matter of fact he's saying when you are getting alone or you're going to church and you stand praying in mark eleven twenty five, he says forgive and if you have anything against anything against anyone so that your father in heaven will also forgive your transgressions but if you do not forgive Neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. It really is true. It's God or your grudges. It's God or grudge. You have to decide. And it starts with a choice that leads to practice. This is why our instant prayer needs to be forget, to forgive. Let not the sun go down on your anger. Don't give the devil an opportunity. He'll take it. In the middle of you, but here's the struggle that we have. In the middle of the pain and the fear and the drama that has come up many times, it's, it's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of real, um, anxiety about being hurt again or being humiliated again. And when that happens, you can easily fall into just despising that person. Or as a matter of fact, the word despise is the very word the Bible uses about judging people. And this is clearly a sin. We, it's a sin because we will justify gossiping about people and telling stories that may or may not be true or tearing them down or trying to make them look bad or hoping for their failure. This is clearly a sin that we excuse because of the things that have, that we haven't forgiven, that we remember. We talk about others. We build our case. We, we make rationalizations. We make ourselves sound like the victim. And then here's where the judgment comes in. We arrive at a settled conclusion, a final conclusion. We judge them. They're guilty. They're this. This is how they are. That person is toxic. That person is racist. That person is a sinner. (laughs) That person is a publican or a Republican (laughs) or a Democrat or whatever, a liberal. All these names we have that we tack on to people. But this insulates us from them. We begin to look at them as a, a thing, 
instead of a person. We insulates us from people's humanity. The word judge, uh, as I said, can be translated despise. It's a, it's a Greek word, krino. It means to conclude something about somebody. And you're forbidden to do this, and so am I. Uh, only God can make final conclusions on someone. You, you, just, you and I, and I've always been shocked over and over again, you can't know how grace may transform someone. You don't know. God is the only one that knows the end of the story. You don't. So you can't know how grace may transform. Some people I thought, wow. And then I meet them 20 years later or five years later. They're completely different. God has changed their life. That's why Jesus taught so clearly, do not despise or do not judge so that you will not be judged in Matthew 7, 1. For in the way that you judge, you will be judged by the standard of measures. It will be measured to you. Paul says it again. I mean, this is so clear. Central teaching, Romans 14, 10. But you, why do you judge or despise your brother? Or you again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? The word contempt, literally, like you're less than nothing. For we will stand before the judgment seat of God. And as it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue confess and give praise to God. So let each of us, um, so then each one of us will give an account to himself before God. You need to remember that. You will give an account. And also you'll give an account for your judging. So the question I wrestle with sometimes is, as we've gone through the story of the prodigal son and the younger son was so... Uh, so undeserving. And uh, we wonder, you know, we've lived a while. How do we live wisely without despising people and writing them off and giving up on them without judging them? How do we seek love yet not stay a sucker forever? <laughs> well, you have to learn to do something the Bible says is super important. You have to learn to discern we have to live by the Spirit. You have to learn how to live. And this takes a while because your gut feelings and your your spider, spidey senses and your creep meter, those aren't the same thing. This is something from the Holy Spirit. It's not despising people ever, but discerning where they're at, their maturity level, their stage in life, maybe the struggles, maybe the circumstances around them. Judging is a sign of incredibly incredible immaturity. And one of the sad things in life is the more immature people are, the less aware they are of this. But discernment and discerning as a practice is a sign of great maturity. As a matter of fact, it's one of the marks of a spiritual father or mother. Jesus told the judges of his day, how can you discern the weather? You can look out and see the weather, but you can't discern the times. He says, you get up in the morning, and in the morning there'll be a storm today, you'll say, Matthew 6, 3, for the sky is red and threatening. Do you not know how to, you, do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the time? In other words, you have all of this knowledge about everything else and all this certainty, but you don't know what's going on around you with the people around you, including who he was, who Jesus was. As a matter of fact, the writer of Hebrews says in Chapter 5, verse 12, he says, For by this time, he's speaking to believers, you ought to be teachers. You have the need for someone to teach you again the elementary principles of the oracles of God. You have come to need milk and not solid food. You ought to be more mature by now. For everyone who partakes 
only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness for he is an infant. Infants want to be taken care of. They want, they're, they're more like, they're like, they're, they're babies. They're just, they're just milk drinkers. But here's what it looks like to be mature. But a solid food is for the mature who, because of, listen, practice, 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 verse 14 of Hebrews 5, have their senses trained to, listen, discern good and evil. You can know like that because you practice. You can pick up on it. Discernment is a work of the Holy Spirit, but it's a work that you participate in pra- with practice. This is why Hebrews says there's some things you can do. Starting right now, make this, he, or excuse me, First Thessalonians 5.16 says there's some things you can do starting now. Rejoice always. Make it an effort to rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. That means never give up praying. All, you should be praying right now. <laughs> in everything, give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. Examine carefully. Hold on. Hold fast to that which is good. That's discernment. Abstain from every form of evil. How do you do it? You got to walk by the spirit. You got to cling to him. You got to talk to him all day. Pray without ceasing. That's the practice. Rejoice always and everything give thanks. And so what I'm really saying to you, all of us, we need to live our lives not over here in the despising department, but over here on the road to maturity in the discerning department. You are to end your career, your self-appointed judgeship. You need to hang up the robes that you put on that you're using on your family and others, your church, everybody in the country. And you need to begin to live by grace. You will find you may have less to say, but what you have to say has grace. And you will live by grace. And you will have much you, you will have a much wiser Christ-like life. And you know what? It'll be a lot happier for you and everybody else. Now, I thank you so much for watching this. Share it with somebody if you... Um, think it'll help them. I hope to see you on Sunday. Um, if you get up at eight, you can come to the service. We'll be talking about <clears throat> God's love for the good kid, how to be, a, sometimes you're a good, you're a good person, but you're far from God. You look near, but you're far away. We'll also be, uh, if you get up a little bit later, you can come to the breakfast class. That's at 930 downstairs. And, and uh, it's a great time to share. And we have breakfast together. And we'll be talking about the Matthew seven twelve, the golden rule. And then if, if you, uh, and you can put your kids in Sunday school. So try and get up for that and bring them. And then, and then 11, we'll have 11 o'clock service and I hope to see you there. It's great. And, and by the way, thank you, thank you, thank you for your giving. I know if you want to give, and some of you have asked me about this, um, uh, be sure to go to the website and there's a, uh, some, a menu there for giving. Just follow that. Many of you are regular givers. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And be sure to, like I said, share this if it's helpful to you.